0: Scripture is from Psalm 23:6. If you want to turn with me in your Bibles, uh, we'll have the scripture on the screen as well. And we'll be looking at uh, Psalm 23:6, the final verse of the book of Psalms. Uh, ch- chapter 23, the final verse, excuse me. Uh, we've been preaching this for five weeks, and this is week number six, wrapping up the book, uh, the chapter 23 of the book of Psalms. Uh, the scripture says this, says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to come together here today. We appreciate those ones that have uh, tuned in, that are listening to this on multiple different ways we're broadcasting it. Lord, I just pray that you'll uh, be blessings in their life, that you'll watch over them, lead God and direct them. Lord, I, I pray that during this time of tough trials and the tribulations that we go through uh, that you'll give us guidance that you'll give us direction i pray that you watch over the church watch over the people watch over our our country our nation the world over lord we we pray a special prayer to watch over the spreading of this virus the safety of our people the uh, the people that we love our family and the people that we don't know lord that we still love because they are the the christian family that we love and we pray lord that you'll continue to lead guide and direct and bless the scripture that we may be able to receive it with open hearts in jesus name i ask amen now, the last five weeks, like I've already said, we've, we've discussed, this, discussed this piece of Scripture uh, in the book of Psalms 23, and we haven't got to number six, and six is the final one that we're going to look at here in this, this series of preaching through this, but we've covered a lot of different things that God does for us, and it's kind of amazing if I would implore you to just go back and just to reread this over and over and over, what Psalms 23 means and what it means to you. It it means a lot to so many of us. But uh, David is writing something specific and uh, David has went through something specific in his life. If you read the story in the life of David, uh, you can apply a lot of what happens to David, his struggles, his uprising, his good times, his bad times. And we all know that everybody has ups and downs in their life and David by far uh, had those ups and downs in his life. And we see in Psalm 23, starting with verse 1, we see that the shepherd, uh, he loves us, he cares for us, he protects us, he supplies everything that we need. And uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, We also discuss how he allows us to rest and leads us to a place of peace, which is he maketh me lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He also restores us and gets us back on track to honor Him. He restoreth my soul leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He is also with us in our deepest, darkest times by protecting us and being in control. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And the scripture that we covered last week shows that God blesses you in the battle to a point that it flows over. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Now, verse six is a little different than the rest of it because so much so much of verses one through five shows the life of David and how God has intervened, how God has supplied, how God takes care, how God blesses, how God is merciful, how God feeds you physically, spiritually, however you want to apply that. And verse 6 is a summary of the results that happened to David from what has happened in David's life. And I think it's really important, you have to take Psalm 23 all together. It's kind of, of course, you can't take any scripture in the Bible and take it out of context because then you really mess up really what it means. But we really think about Psalm 23 and so many of each verse is quoted directly by their self. Uh, number six sometimes is skipped, or number six sometimes isn't considered. And we want to really think about what David is saying in verse six. And uh, it's, it's a callback to what God has provided to him. It's a callback as, as David's pinning this, as he's writing it down, this particular phrase is David considering what God has done in verses one through five. So... The first thing we want to look at is that first piece, which we've done this each week. We've broken down what each particular piece of Scripture means uh, a couple of words at a time. A lot of times it's that original Hebrew phrases. I I try to keep those together uh, as far as uh, translation efforts, but we may mix them up a little bit today, but it starts off with surely goodness. Now the assurance what what we see is surely i mean there there is an assurance that david has when he's writing this there he is he is sure uh, of god he is sure of his blessing surely you know it's almost like saying well surely my car can get me to the grocery store and back we we depend upon a car uh, to get us to work to the grocery store we depend upon certain people well surely uh, you know this person can do that well surely people can come to the church well surely uh, he's going to get over this sickness, and we do, we we say, well, surely, you know things can do that well, surely goodness. Uh, David is looking at it and saying, well, well well surely we we have a he has assurance that God will provide goodness. Now, when we think about goodness, it does not really mean that it doesn't say that God will make everything that we do or everything around us good. Uh, people sometimes read that and we we'll say, well, surely goodness, well. By God, nothing bad will happen to me if I fall That's not what this piece of Scripture is pointing at. Surely goodness. Romans 12, 21 says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, I can trust God that He can provide me goodness. And, you know, we have no other goodness uh, other than Jesus Christ dying on the cross. We all, know, we all know that we're sinners. We've all known that we've fallen short surely goodness uh, you know when david's pinning this he's saying well surely the goodness of god surely god and his goodness you know when he started going through creation he started creating everything everything that god creates it was good in fact the only thing he doesn't call out specifically that was good which i find kind of find comical reading scripture is he does not say that man when he created man he kind of clumps it all together in that days day. as well all this is good but you know a lot of times specifically he calls them all out this is good it's, you know in verse four i think of chapter one it says that he, he created the light and the light was good and uh, and jesus is the light of the world you know surely goodness surely jesus christ surely we, we've got this in your life surely goodness and what else and mercy you know, there's, there's two things that I... Th- when you, if you Hopefully, if you're a Christian today and you think about what God is to you, I hope that you immediately consider goodness and you consider mercy. My goodness, I'm so guilty. I am a sinner. I fall short. I, I know that I had a death warrant. I mean, I, I was going straight to hell. I was hell bound before I accepted Jesus Christ. And surely the goodness, surely the mercy... You know, if there's two things we should consider when we consider who God is to us, it is goodness and it's mercy. And David realizes that. David realizes the goodness that God's given to him. David realizes the mercy that God gave him when he should have died for killing a man and and laying with her with his hus with, with with his wife. I mean, my goodness, he deserved death, and he he sent those people, and he he got judged, and bad things happened to David, no doubt. But surely goodness surely mercy you know his love is, is unconditional he's, he's, he's got forgiveness he's got blessings that he pours upon us i trust god to provide me with mercy i trust god to provide me with goodness and so did david if you want good things to come out of your life it's not going to come from you it's not going to come from your job it's not going to come from your family you'd like to think that you have control of good things but you do not Surely goodness and mercy shall, what? shall follow. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow. Now, I put this image up here on the screen to sort of uh, let you know of what I do not believe, what David is trying to say. I don't believe that God is following us. This, this shall goodness and mercy shall follow and in the original hebrew that's not really what that word means the word really means to pursue it means to be after you surely goodness and mercy is going to be after you all the time and when i really think of shall follow i think of the line of the tribe of judah i think of a powerful god i think of a god that is in complete control Surely goodness and mercy will pursue, will be constantly behind you. He's, he's not behind you, lagging behind, following you. And I'd like to think that if, if you're following something, you don't ever really catch it, okay? When you're following something, you stay behind it, okay? When you pursue something, you're trying to catch it. You are trying to gain on it. Every time it slows down, you're trying to speed up. You're being chased when you're being pursued. He's he's going to get to you. And what a great comfort that is even even further. Surely goodness and mercy shall pursue. It it is chasing you. Those blessings, those goodness, that favor, that forgiveness. It's going to get to you. And the most important part of that is, is when you're being pursued, if you want to be caught, what do you have to do? You have to stop. You have to let Him. If you want Jesus to be in your life, you have to let Him. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow. Surely goodness and mercy is going to catch you if you let Him. We are so guilty as Christians, and I, I can raise my hand and, and say that I am guilty too, that we try to supply our own goodness, we try to su- supply our own peace of mind, we try to supply our own mercy uh, sometimes, that we, we think that we were good enough. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow. It will catch us. If you're being chased and you give up, you're caught. The same applies to Jesus. At the moment that you give up, The moment you give up trying to be your best self, the the moment you give up trying to be as good as the Joneses down the street, the moment that you give up trying to be a perfect Christian and and wearing perfect clothes with perfect hair and a perfect family with a perfect house with a perfect car, the moment that you give that up and allow Jesus to catch you is the moment that you can be changed. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow, will pursue. I trust that God is always after me, is what David is trying to write. He trusts that God will give him goodness. He trusts that God will give him mercy. He also trusts that God is trying to catch him. All he has to do is stop. Who is he trying to catch? It's hard to display a mirror. He says, shall follow me. And if you can read that and really point it towards yourself today, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Surely Jesus Christ died for me. Surely if he saved other sinners, he can save a sinner like me, like you. I can trust that God is after you today as much as he is after me. But he's after me when? all the days and I, I like that i even put it in a the phrase there that pretty much uh, is surely a mercy surely goodness and mercy shall follow me when all the days of my it, it's every day every day it's reassuring to think that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans eight thirty eight through thirty nine says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to what? Separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord we cannot escape him he is following us he is with us Uh, he is here to bless us he didn't lay down his life on a cross uh, to save you one sunday one wednesday one tuesday whenever it was that you accepted christ into your life Uh, he did not come and die just for that day Okay, He didn't come to be a blessing for one day for you to receive salvation and you to return to your wicked ways. That's not really how it's designed. We don't have that license to go out and sin like so many people think. Well, you know, we're all sinners. We're saved by the, the grace of God. No. Jesus is going to give you goodness and mercy, and it's going to be after you how long? All the days, every day. It is reassuring to think that nothing can separate us from the love. Of God. Every day, God protects. He loves. He pursues, and He gives mercy every day. I deserve to die every day. If 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 you're walking through life and you don't think you deserve death, uh, you're wrong. We deserve death. I deserve hell. I have not done anything worthy, but He's gave me that mercy. He's gave me that goodness, and it's after me every day. Every day of what? Of my life. Now, I I automatically took a picture of David when he killed Goliath and cut off Goliath's head. Think about David when he was a young man, and he went out and he killed Goliath. And I think about David when he's writing this. I'd like to think that David's thinking back to that battlefield when he rode up to deliver some food, And Saul was afraid, and he said, Hey, let me put on this armor. I'll go out there and fight that Philistine. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. David knew that God was with him through thick and thin. Every day of my life, he calls out his own life, reviewing once again his personal transformation. Why does he say my life? He doesn't say everybody's life. He says my life. And as you read this and you think of this scripture, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Think about the transformation you've had over your life. You've changed. You, you, something in your life, every day it seems like I change. I, I, I change opinions a lot of times on, on what I think are, are things that are right and things that are good. You should be able to read this verse and apply it to your own self and everything that you've ever went through I don't care if you think it was a bad outcome or if you think it was a good outcome or it was an okay outcome everything surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life hold these thoughts closely okay hold them to your own life hold them to your circumstances hold them and you will see similarities Just as David did, as he's pinning this and realizing what God has done for him, you will realize today that God is with you all the time. Okay? Then it says that I will dwell. He's talked a lot about what God has done for him, and he's talked about this goodness and mercy, but here he shifts. Here David shifts in this piece of Scripture to show us his reaction and we talked about this is the point of this verse is what he's going to do. Well, all these things have been wonderful. He's shepherded me, he's done all these wonderful things. Here we see that shift. This will show David's reaction to what God has done and what he's going to do. I will dwell. He shifts to what he's going to do in return, okay? Now he says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord. And uh, boy, I tell you what, I'm going to step on some toes this morning, but it is not saying the house of the Lord, the church house. It is not saying the temple, okay? It is not talking about the the tent that Moses set up in the city of Shiloh, okay? It's in Joshua chapter 18, verse 1, if you want to look back and see where that's at. It's not talking about those things. God has pursued him. He has forgave him. He's led him beside the still waters. He has shepherded him, provided him everything that he has ever needed. God has been there with him, and he has decided to be with God. That's what he's trying to say. God has blessed me and been with me through thick and thin, through everything I've ever been through. I've never felt alone because he's been with me. Today I will choose to be with him. And once again, it ain't telling you to go to church every Sunday. That's, That's not what he's trying to say. He's trying to tell you to have a relationship with God every day. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely, Jesus, surely, God, surely the Holy Ghost is after me and with me every day of my life. And David responds that he will dwell in the house of the Lord. I'm glad that it doesn't say he's going to go to that tent-like structure. It doesn't say he's going to go to a church house. He desires to be in the presence of God every day. He wants to have a relationship with Him. You know, the house of the Lord is not a physical place, okay? It's not a place that is set up. It's not that temple. It's not those things in Acts chapter 17, verse 24. Uh, Listen to me today, church. Acts 17, verse 24 says, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples, what? Made with hands. That's Acts 17, 24. He is not in a place that is made. he's He's not confined to your church walls, okay? He's not confined to an altar. He's not confined to revival a series of meetings, a denomination. God is not limited in where He can be or how He can work. And I think, you know, what more of a better application (laughs) to think about uh, God being in the house of the Lord and today we can't even be in our church house. There's so many churches that can't have church today. And if we're defining our church by the services that we have on Sunday morning or Sunday nights or Wednesdays, we've really lost touch with what the church is. I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I will have a relationship with Jesus Christ every day, everywhere I go. I will have. It, it doesn't mean he's sat down. Can you imagine just going to church and just staying there all day? And some of y'all may think, "Yeah, that'd be great." Well, you know, I couldn't get anything done if I, if I had to sit in the house of. The, if I had to sit in a church, okay, a building. If I had to sit in a building with people, I mean, we all. A lot of us have to work. A lot of us have to do things. A lot of us have families. I'm glad that Jesus goes with me everywhere. He'll be with me wherever I go. Have that relationship with Christ. And you know, what's more important is it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I broke those apart, but we know that's one word. Forever. Forever the rest of your life he dedicated his life to god he wanted to be in presence of a holy savior when's the last time you said from now on i'm going to do this when's the last time you did that when's the last time you said i have learned from my mistakes and you set up a guideline that you've learned because you've made that mistake. You're now better than you were before. If, if you've ever put furniture together or put things together, you learn very quickly the wrong way and the right way. And if you take it apart enough times from the times that you put it together, you'll quickly learn that you probably should have read the instruction manual. You'll learn very quickly that you should have read some notes. You should have got some help. You should have uh, looked for reference and drawings. But we think we can do it on our own. And just as we go through life, we think we can do things on our own, and we quickly learn that we make mistakes. Now, how many of you made a mistake this week? All of you. All of you have done something wrong. And all of you, hopefully, have done one of two things. You either learn from your mistake, and you've made yourself better from it, or you've turned yourself ignorant to it, and you say, well, that was just the wrong way to begin with. I'm doing it better. (laughs) There's two ways to look at it, folks. You're either living life right or you're living it wrong, and you're going to have to accept it either way. David learned that his life could not be complete without Jesus Christ. David learned that he needed God in his life every day. He needed that shepherd to guide him. He needed that shepherd to take care of him. When's the last time you said, I've learned from my mistakes? David had learned better, okay? Okay. David had learned something when he penned Psalm 23. Uh, David had learned something that a lot of you listening to this, you have learned it or you are learning it. Okay? And what is it? What has David expressed to us throughout the entire Psalm 23? David had learned that he could not do it without God. David learned that life is not worth living without god notice that he doesn't call out to god and say lord i want to spend every day with my family and if if you're locked down with uh, some of this virus stuff going on you're locked down at home with your family a lot of you are realizing your family drives you crazy (laughs) and i'm not trying to make a joke of anybody's family or how much you love them but yes when you're hemmed up in a house and you have to spend time with each other 24 7 all the time You have to eat every meal together. You can't go out. You can't go to the grocery store. Uh, You're quickly learning that David is trying to write about somebody that he could not go along without who? Not your spouse. Not your children. David could not go along without God. David needed God in his life. Think of all the things in Psalm 23 and how it applies to you. Can you today... Decide that you no, long, you no longer want to go it alone. Think about it. Think about it today. That you will now cling to God and make a lifelong decision to follow Him. Think about you making a lifelong decision, as David is writing, to finally follow Him, to trust Him, to accept His forgiveness, where you are imperfect and develop that relationship that will last forever. 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 Even beyond death. That's what we need today, Christians. We don't need a building. We don't need to gather together or forsaking the gathering ourselves together as some others are. And we try to say, well, we have to gather in this building. No, no. He is with us everywhere. I'm glad that we're gonna get through this and we're all gonna start up having church meetings together again and we're all gonna go back to that same old routine, but we really have to think like David is thinking in Psalms twenty three. He's with us everywhere we go. He is pursuing us. That goodness is after us. Uh, uh, Mercy is always with us. And it's with us forever. What did David express to you? What do you hold dear to what God has blessed in you in your life? I don't deserve it. I don't. Most of you don't. I I don't deserve deserve a home in glory. I don't deserve to cast a crown at Jesus' feet feet one day. I, I, I didn't do anything special for that. He did it. And his mercy will follow us. And David is pinning this and writing us, helping us to understand, my goodness, an example, you know, to us. He's always with us. We don't have to go it alone. Can you make that decision today that you will no longer go it alone? As we pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the day that you've given us. We thank you for your many blessings. Lord, I, I thank you for always having the mercy the goodness the the refreshingness lord i I thank you for pursuing me and always being after me and always helping me lord knowing that all i have to do is stop lord all i have to do is rest and stop and you'll catch me you'll remind me of those blessings lord I, i thank you for your mercies lord i thank you for my family lord i thank you for the things that you allow me to do and allow me to have i thank you for the the job that i have i thank you for allowing me to pastor a church lord Allow me to be that under shepherd. Lord, I, I pray that our members grow. I pray there for protection. I pray for that hedge of protection to be placed around them. Lord, I, I pray and thank you for what you've done in my life and what you continue to do in this world. Lord, I pray and know that you'll take over and take care of this virus that's going around. Lord, I, I have trust and I have patience, Lord, and know that you'll, you'll help us, Lord, to get through these things and continue to lead, guide, and direct us. Lord, I thank you for what you've done in my life and what you continue to do in each and every one's life today. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen.